Hi there. Thank you for listening to ASMR Bedtime Stories. All of the stories read to you on this podcast are either available in the public domain and are therefore available for free and fair use, or I have obtained express written permission from the author or publishers to audio record these episodes. I hope that you enjoy listening and please feel free to rate the podcast, provide me any feedback, send any requests my way. You can also follow me on Twitter to get updates and interact with me that way. You can find me at ASMR Bedtime Stories, or my handle is bedtime underscore ASMR, and I'd love to hear from you. Tonight, I'm going to be reading you another short story by Edgar Allan Poe. Folks seem to really enjoy his short stories, and I am more than happy. calls me the Queen of Hearts, and that Zenobia 
as well as Psyche, is good Greek, and that my father was a Greek, and that consequently I have a right to her patronymic, which is Zenobia, and not by any means Snobs. Nobody but Tabitha the Turnip calls me Zuki Snobs. I am the Signora Psyche Zenobia. As I said before, everybody has heard of me. I am that very Signora Psyche Zenobia, so justly celebrated as corresponding secretary to the Philadelphia Regular Exchange, D. Total Young Bells, Letters, Universal Experimental Bibliographical Association to Civilized Humanity. Dr. Moneypenny made the title of press, and says he chose it because it sounded big like an empty rum puncheon. A vulgar man that sometimes, but he's deep. We all sign the initials of the society after our names, in the fashion of the RSA, Royal Society of Arts, the SDUK, Society for the Diffusion of Useful Knowledge, etc., etc. Dr. Moneypenny says that the S stands for stale, and that D-U-K spells duck, but it don't, and that S-D-U-K stands for stale duck, and not for Lord Brougham's society. But then Dr. Moneypenny is such a queer man that I'm never sure when he's telling me the truth. At any rate, we always add to our names the initials P-R-E-T-T-Y-B-L-U-E-B-A-T-C-H. That is to say, Philadelphia Regular Exchange, T. Total Young Bell's Letters, Universal Experimental Bibliographical Association to Civilize Humanity. One letter for each word, which is a decided improvement upon Lord Brougham. Dr. Moneypenny will have it that our initials give our true character, but for my life I can't see what he means. Notwithstanding the good offices of the doctor, and the strenuous exhortations of the association to get itself into notice, it met with no very great success until I joined it. The truth is, the members indulged in too flippant a tone of discussion. The papers read every Sunday evening were characterized less by depth than buffoonery. They were all whipped syllabub. There was no investigation of first causes, first principles. There was no investigation of anything at all. There was no attention paid to that great point, the fitness of things. In short, there was no fine writing like this. It was all low, fairy. No profundity, no reading, no metaphysics, nothing which the learned call spirituality, and which the unlearned choose to stigmatize as a cant. Dr. M says I ought to spell cant with a capital K, but I know better. When I joined the society, it was my endeavor to introduce
say a syllable about the infernal tombness. Above all, study innuendo. Hint everything, assert nothing. If you feel inclined to say bread and butter, do not by any means say it outright. You may say anything and everything approaching to bread and butter. You may hint at buckwheat cake. Or you may even go so far as to insinuate oatmeal porridge. But if bread and butter be your real meaning, be cautious, my dear Miss Psyche. Not on any account to say bread and butter. I assured him that I should never say it again as long as I lived. He kissed me and continued. As for the tone heterogeneous, it is merely a judicious mixture in equal proportions of all the other tones in the world, and is consequently made up of everything deep, great, odd, piquant, pertinent, and pretty. Let us suppose now you have determined upon your instance and tone. The most important soul of the whole business is yet to be attended to. I allude to the filling up. It is not to be supposed that a lady, or a gentleman either, has been leading the life of a bookworm, and yet, above all things, it is necessary that your article have an air of erudition, or at least afford evidence of extensive general reading. You in the way of accomplishing the point. See here. Pulling down some three or four ordinary looking volumes and opening them at random. By casting your eye down almost any page of any book in the world, you'll be able to perceive at once a host of little scraps of either learning or bel espiritism, which are the very thing for spicing of a Blackwood article. You might as well note down a few while I read them to you. I shall make two divisions. First, piquant facts for the manufacturer of similes, and second, piquant expressions to be introduced as occasion may require. Write now, and I wrote as he dictated, piquant facts for similes. There were originally but three muses. Millet, Menem, Aode, Meditation, Memory, and Singing. You may make a good deal of that little fact, if properly worked. You see, it is not generally known and looks recherché. You must be careful and give the thing with the downright improvisio air. Again, the river Alpheus passed beneath the sea and emerged without injury to the purity of its waters. Rather stale that, to be sure, but, if properly dressed and dished up, will look quite as fresh as ever. Here is something better. The Persian iris appears to some persons to possess a sweet and very powerful perfume, while to others it is perfectly senseless. Find that very delicate. Turn it about a little, and it will do wonders. We'll have something else in the botanical
so well, especially with the help of a little Latin, right? The epidendrum plus eris of Java bears a very beautiful flower and will live when pulled up by the roots. The natives spend it by a cord from the ceiling and enjoy its fragrance for years. That's capital.
stuffed with capers and mushrooms and served up in a salad bowl with orange jellies and mosaics. Right. You can get them that way at Dordoni's, you know. Right, if you please. Here is a nice little Italian phrase. And rare, too. One can be too recherche or brief. In one's Latin, it's getting so common. Ignoratio elenci. He has committed an ignoratio elenci. That is to say, he has understood the words of your proposition, but not the idea. The man was a fool, you see. Some poor fellow whom you address while joking with that chicken bone, and who therefore didn't precisely understand what you were talking about. Throw the ignoratio elenci in his teeth and at once you have him annihilated. If he dares to reply, you can tell him from Lushan, here it is, that speeches are mere anemone verborum, anemone words. The anemone, with great brilliancy, has no smell. Or, if he begins to bluster, you may be down upon him with insomnia jovis reveries of Jupiter, a phrase which Silius Italicus applies to thoughts pompous and inflated. This will be sure and cut him to the heart. He can do nothing but roll over and die. Will he be kind enough to write? In Greek, we must have something pretty. From Demosthenes, for example, a narrow there is a tolerably good translation of it in Hudibras, for he that flies may fly again, which he can never do that slain. In a Blackwood article, nothing makes so fine a show as your Greek. The very letters have an air of profundity about them. Only observe, madam, the astute look of that epsilon. That Phi ought certainly to be a bishop. Was ever there a smarter fellow than the Domicron? Just a wig, that Tau. In short, there is nothing like a Greek for a genuine sensation paper. In the present, your application is the most obvious thing in the world. Wrap out the sentence with a huge oath, and by way of ultimatum, at the good-for-nothing dunder-headed villain, understand your plain English in relation to the chicken bone. He'll take the hint and be off. You may depend on it. These were all the instructions Mr. B could afford me upon the topic in question, but I felt they were entirely sufficient. I was at length able to write a genuine Blackwood article, and determined to do it forthwith. In taking leave of me, Mr. B made a proposition for the purchase of the paper when written, but as he could offer me only fifty guineas a sheet, I thought it better to let our society have it than sacrifice it for so paltry a sum. Notwithstanding this dark spirit, however, the gentleman showed his consideration for me in all other respects, and indeed treated me with the greatest civility. His parting words made a deep 
it is just possible that you may not be able, so soon as convenient, to, to get yourself drowned, or choked with a chicken bone, or, or hung, or bitten, but by, by a day, but stay. Now, I think me of it, there are a couple very excellent bulldogs in the yard, fine fellows, I assure you. soon.